podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Luke Live Lounge. It's the Villa View. That funny little intro has completely thrown me. <laughs> Joined as ever by Tom Julian. Tom, you OK? That might have been the worst start to <laughs> any of our podcasts ever. Uh, I was mesmerised by you. You just completely threw me. Uh, I'm OK. I'm all right. Um, I've kind of recovered from the Liverpool game. Um, uh, we had a, me, there's a, unbelievably, there's a colleague in my office who's also a Villa fan. So we had a bit of a debrief today. Um, but, uh, yeah, apart from that, generally doing all right. How are you? Yeah. Okay. Obviously when Villa aren't winning, your mood's always going to be affected a little bit, but so we've probably been this way since when was the last time we won was at the end, end of January. So mm. we've been, we've been this way for a while, haven't we? Obviously the, the project restart has made things sound even worse than they are. Yeah, it's just it's just been tragic, hasn't it? The restart. Um, before before we get into it, just want to say um, thank you to all the guys that have already joined us, um, and and I'm seeing the comments come through. So make sure you get your opinions um, in on the YouTube comments. There, we'll read out as many as we can as we go. If you've got any questions or things that you want to talk about, put them in the comments. We'll we'll get to them as we can. Um, but yeah, Project Restart, Dan, has, has been a mess for us. Um, I don't think there's any two ways about that. I saw a couple of uh, couple of gifts of the office US, the US office. Um, oh, yeah. Where, where Dwight Schrute is being struck by the car, being Project Restart, and Dwight being Aston Villa. That tickled me. Um, and uh, it's just it's just tough now because, um, you know, we didn't expect to get anything against Liverpool per se, but now you look at that Manchester United who are in decent form and that's the next one on the books and that one looks as as tricky, if not trickier, probably. I think they're the toughest game that you could ask for at this current time, Man U. They're, they're the best team since since the restart in terms of every game. They've looked completely at it. I think our best hope is hoping that Solskjaer might shuffle his pack a little bit and that that disrupts them because they've had a pretty settled 11 since the, since the football's coming back. And to be fair... They've done some some absolute damage, but we just need to, need to win a game. I was sitting here before we came on. Obviously, there's a bit of a, a scheduling difficulty here with us coming on midway through a game that's quite important for Villa. And I actually got, got off up my seat because Norwich scored a goal, which is something that I haven't done too often in uh, in Villa games. I have barely got up off my seat at all. So hopefully Norwich can, can do us a favour, but that, that lead lasted about 30 seconds yeah. before... Our, our old friend Craig Dawson equaliser. We need Norwich to do us a favour here. I'd take a draw right now in, in that game, but I just wish I wasn't even interested in the other games and that Villa could take care of business themselves. But that seems to be a big ask because, let's face it, it's been project not started, hasn't it? Yeah, that that was actually a, a beautiful comment. I've lost it already. But, um, uh, yeah, hip to the game, project not got started, more likely. Uh, look- Looks like I've copied them, but I can't even see the comments. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you do usually recycle my material and just say it first. That's the frustrating thing oh, about yeah. all of this. Um, yeah, Canadian. It, 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 yeah, it, it is project not got started. That is for certain. We are um, we are late to the party. Having said that, all of the all of the kind of um, relegation threatened teams have been late to the party with the exception now probably of West Ham who've picked up four points in the last two games and um, and are leaving us a little bit high and dry we can get the, the table 
up here, Dan, and, and just have a quick look at it, first of all, um, whilst we chat about it, because I think it's it's nothing that, that we like to look at, but I think it's one of those things that we have to we have to assess. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to a West Ham fan at work, at work today, obviously via via Skype, because you, you can't go to work at the moment, but yeah. and he was saying he'd been impressed by Villa. Since, wow. since the race start, and he was saying that he's still very worried about West Ham and that he thinks that the Chelsea game was a fluke, they, they should have beat Newcastle. I was saying to him, I'd do anything for a for a fluke win at the yeah. moment. We, we don't seem capable of a fluke. He seemed genuinely worried about going down, but on 31 points, I, I think they'll probably be okay. I think won't that, that, that might be a superstition thing. He doesn't want to say, oh, yeah, hey, but... We're, we're high and dry now. But you you look at that and, and you're right, 30, 31 points on the face of it is not that much. But you, you look at uh, Watford, Villa and Bournemouth and they're chucking away points as, as fast as they could, uh, as fast as they can. You know, Tom uh, Tom Cowley, Tom Heaton, Tom, Tom, Tom Cowley says, in my in my opinion, survival balance is on our result against Palace. How, how crucial is that game kind of shaping up to be? Well, it'd be massive if we don't beat Man U. On Thursday, it looks the next opportunity where you think, oh, we might do something here. Doesn't it? Palace seem like they're on the beach a little bit. Gary Cahill's been stretched off in, in that game, which I haven't seen it, but apparently that didn't look very good. And he's a key component of their back line. So although I wouldn't wish injury on anyone, that might be a decent thing for us. But my overriding thing at the moment is I'm, I'm watching the other games. I'm watching Norwich Watford and they're both awful. Mm. They're out there arguably worse than us, some, some of the stuff that, that I've seen so far. Bournemouth are horrific. They cannot defend to, to save their lives, which is is quite a big thing. I mean, they've gone to Old Trafford and scored a couple of goals, haven't they? Yeah. But they've, they've shipped five. So you can kind of see where Dean Smith's going in what he's saying. You've got to you've got to be solid first. But we've got the opposite problem of we're not conceding too many. But the expected goals is not good at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Expected goals seems to be the, the thing now at the moment. I kind of yeah, see I like it. it. I think it's a bit of a daft stat, to be honest. Um, I just want to say before we before we move on, um, a lot of a lot of comments on the Jack Grealish uh, kind of transfer. We've got a Man United fan on with us tonight as well. We will get to Jack Grealish in a little bit, but um, ex- expected goals. I kind of think it's it's one of those retrospective stats where it's like it kind of fits the narrative. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Ex- what what is expected goals? It just doesn't make too much sense to me. <laughs> I'm I'm confused by your aversion to to this. To be honest, it, it's basically the amount the amount of goals goals you would have expected a team to score from the chances that they make. So it's well, a barometer of how many great chances that that they've made and how many well, they should have scored. But what's the point? And what like what what does it mean if you if you don't score them? It's a bit. I mean, we'll get onto the Wesley debate. I mean, you should have scored them, but you didn't. So what's the what's oh. the point in it? Well, you're going to come on and talk about Wesley, and you're going to talk about chances he's missed, and use that as a, as a reason as to why we haven't missed him. So, I would have thought expected goals would have been right up your alley. But it, it doesn't. I, I can't. I can't see how it quantifies what's a what's a great chance and what's not. It's just a. Is it a shot thing, or is it just like how much time you spend in their box? Do you know how how it works? I believe it's how good the chances. So if someone's missed an According to who? It's, I don't know. I don't. I don't sit in the expected goals room, do I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they work out. It's a, It's been an unexpected conversation piece on this podcast so far. So I've not, I've not done my research. I've actually got a book on it that, that I haven't started yet. I haven't started many books to be fair. <laughs> but I have. I was sent a book on expected goals, and I, I need to read it. And then I'll, maybe I'll read it for next week and get back to you. Mark Jarobi says, "How can you call something expected after it happens? It needs a better name for one." Don Phillips, I don't pay too much attention to it. I'm picking the ones that, that support my argument. Yeah, you do. Here. 
Did anyone say they liked it or tell us what it is? I haven't seen any 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 uh, any fans of it yet, but uh, but there we go. Um, anyway, expected goals, all a bit daft. I, I saw something. The reason that I get annoyed with it is that. Um, I just read before we came on a Birmingham Mail article. That might be part of the reason I'm annoyed. But uh, it was about expected goals and how we'd we're ex- we'd conceded 65, I think, this season, and we were ex- we were expected to have conceded 62. I was like, that's not a sliver of hope. <laughs> that just no. It's just absolute crap. Anyway, it might be the other way around. I'm not sure. I mean, they might, got the maths, they might have got the maths wrong, to be fair, Martin, because they had an article about Harahan today and they got the length of his contract completely wrong and the, and the fee that he joined for. So there was literally nothing in that in that article that had any fact to it whatsoever. Oh, dear. Uh, ben Reid does say he's team Dan, by the way. Uh, he loves expected goals. So there, there you go. go. But Pete I, mean, Powell... I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I love it because I don't really understand fully what it is. <laughs> Pete Powell, expected goals is right up there with VAR, which I don't think is a compliment in anyone's book. No. Anyway, um, that, that that's by the by. Let's talk about Grealish because there, there were a fair few. Um, Christos, <laughs> Christos Pablo says grapes annoy me. That's an interesting one. Fair enough. They annoy love- me if they've got pips in them, to be fair. That is a, that's a great point. I love a grape, though. Yeah, we- with no pips, great stuff. We at work get like a fruit box delivered every week. That's it's a game changer. Okay. Um, really, really like it. I had some grapes, <laughs> I had some grapes today. Anyway, um, that's that's more the standard of the Villa View podcast that we expect. Um, do, you, do you feel like we've been professional for like three or four weeks because we've had a sponsor and stuff and now we've delved back into just talking about absolute nonsense? I think the fact that... Got comfortable. We've, we've, I don't think... I, I was moaning about this... Uh, to my colleague at work, the fact that Villa aren't giving us anything to talk about. You know, there's nobody really to hang our hat hat on and go, let's let's really dive into why Player X has been such a great performer since the restart. Because apart from apart from uh, Douglas Louise, who we've highlighted a couple of times, there just hasn't been anybody to kind of put on that pedestal. No, that, that's, that's very true. Let's get back to grapes. Yeah, well, Hoppo 13 says grapes are an elite fruit. So, fair. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like a pear. A pear. Bit messy, but I like a pear. Pear, yeah, bit sticky at times, but I do like a pear. I've never heard that as an elite fruit at all. Well, no, anything called an elite fruit to be. <laughs> That's true. All right, let's get back to it. One player that we would have expected to be an elite standout since the since the restart was Jack Grealish. Um, he struggled a little bit uh, with an ankle injury at the weekend. Had a little shot at the end, which was. Probably the closest we came. Good, good save that was. It was a good save. Um, the the doctors say that he should be fit for, um, fit for fit for Thursday's game. And we've got a couple of Man United fans asking more about Grealish. What do we what do we think about him? What what kind of asset he would bring to Manchester United if he signs there? First of all, let's talk about him at Villa. What does he need to do, Dan, to as captain and as the the leader of this this team on on the pitch and off it what does he need to do how can he pull this team up and uh and and drag us to safety if, if i knew the answer tom i probably wouldn't be sat here would i? i'd probably be, be sat in, on, on the coaching team i don't i don't know i think the change in style hasn't benefited him at all i think if you look back to games when okay we weren't playing great at various points through the season but you know like brighton away where he, he dragged us through that game and he, he got us a point 
there's just no opportunity for him to be able to do that at the moment with the way, the way we're playing. And people getting on his back and saying it's, it's a lack of work rate right? and his head's gone and all that stuff, his head's turned. It's, it's a load of rubbish because I just think the way that, that we're playing, it doesn't enable him to, to be doing what he wants to do and to, to put in those kind of performances like he did at Brian away. You think of the Cup semi-final against Leicester, he was absolutely brilliant. He, he was unplayable that day, led by example. Every, everything he did was top class. He just isn't able to do that at the moment because because of the setup. And again, I get why we've gone for this setup, but it, it's hindering our best player, and we don't ever look like we're going to score a goal. Yeah, yeah. Did you see um, the the Graham Sunes comments on yeah. on Jack Grealish of the weekend? What did you make of that? Uh, it's obviously his opinion, isn't it? You can't knock someone for for giving an opinion. I actually kind of understood a little bit what he was getting at, but he just went the wrong way about explaining it completely. You can't say someone who's created as many chances as Jack has and the, and the stats back it up that he's one of the best players in the league. He's one of the most foul... He's the most foul player in the league by a country mile already. He's already broke that record a few games ago and the season isn't finished and he's playing in a poor side. You, you look at someone like Madison, who people will rave about at Leicester, he's playing in a, in a good team. Jack's not had that luxury and his stats are probably up there with Madison in terms of output of goals and assists. So, soon as I felt like he had, hadn't seen enough of him. He'll have only seen him Grealish in those games where you, where we're on the telly and the game since since the restart where we haven't been very good. If you've watched him every game this season, the kid's top of the class. He, he, he will be an elite footballer and he'll go on and play for some, some very big teams and he'll go on and play for England and be one of England's best players. So... It is what it is. He isn't going to be a villain next season, which, whichever way we, we look at it. But I just felt Sunes's comments lacked a little bit of research. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That last point really summed it up. Do you want some bad news? Yeah. Danny Welbeck's, Danny Welbeck's just scored a worldie, an overhead kick. Oh, of course he has. Of course he has. I mean, Danny Welbeck hasn't played all season. It would make sense that he comes in and scores an overhead kick today in a game that's really important for Villa. <laughs> Um, yeah, what else do you say to that? Um, but going back to your comments on Grealish, I totally agree. I think the, the research, it just it just seemed a bit lazy from Sunes. And then obviously Grealish took to social media with the with the stats that, um, that he's the second most creative player in the Prem, I think it was. Um, and, and obviously didn't take too kindly to those comments. Sunes just doesn't seem to like players who've, got a bit of a, a bit of flair and a, a, a bit flasher you know Pogba's quite flasher isn't he in the way he dresses and, and the, with his haircuts and stuff like that Jack's probably the same isn't he dresses quite flash he's he's got that arrogance that I like a bit like Pogba as well I think Sunes just doesn't seem to like that that type of player does does he and you think about what Sunes was like as, as a footballer I mean even I'm not that old I didn't watch him play but I've, I've heard what he was like as a footballer he just seems a bit stuck in a time warp a little bit for me yeah, um, a couple of opinions here. Hoppo Ben says, to be fair to Sunes, I think Grulish does look for a foul instead of driving past players when he could. Um, and then Martin Sydenham, whoever whoever Grulish joins, they won't truly understand how good Jack is until they work with him. So, um, yeah. I mean, not, not, not to say that Hoppo Ben is saying that Mark, Martin Sydenham's wrong. What do you think about the comments that maybe Jack goes down a little bit easier than maybe he should sometimes? I don't think he goes down easier than he should because, let's face it, he gets clattered every single game. But I get what Hoppo Ben is, is alluding to. Maybe sometimes he could release the ball 
a little a little bit quicker, maybe holds onto the ball a little bit longer than he should on on some occasions, not not all occasions, but a long stretch of the imagination. I think I think Martin's point is one that I completely agree with. I think as soon as he goes to to this this bigger club or whatever, and he and he gets in the England team, the whole country will see and appreciate how how good he is, and he'll he'll be like a, a golden generation player. People will treasure him, and they'll realise how how good he is because he is the the next closest thing to Gaza that this country's ever had. He's he's an absolute maverick. He's he's got the world at his feet. The way he carries the ball, he's he's so unique. If he goes somewhere where he can showcase his talent at the top 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 level, everyone will appreciate him because he's a delightful footballer. Yeah, Pat Tolley's coming after you. She says everyone's allowed their own opinions, Dan. I literally said that about Grand Sooners. <laughs> I literally used those word for word. <laughs> uh, Holly Jennings says Tim Sherwood was saying that Jack is a very intelligent player with a lack of options at Villa. And, uh, I mean, it, it's been shown since since Project Restart that you can't do it all on your own. We haven't seen the best from Jack, but that's not to say, uh, like, we haven't seen the best from anybody. And one one player can't do it all on their own. Um, and, and it's been a tricky time for the whole squad. But but Jack, I think, is 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 really struggling without a kind of a framework of creativity around him. Yeah, and this hurt, this hurts in this situation we're in. Hurts him. I don't think for for one minute his his head's turned. It, Jack Grealish is is one of us. He's he sat in the stands. He's had a season ticket since he was a kid. He's played in the Aston Social with with his brother as a kid. Do you know what I mean? Like he loves Aston Villa. This would be absolutely killing him that we're as garbage as we are. And the last time we went down, he'd he'd have felt exactly the same. It's just your career short, and if you if you are so good at football, as good at football as he is. You were going to want to test yourself on the biggest stage, and the sad reality is Villa are a lot years away from that, and he isn't going to be able to do that at the club he loves. So, because of his ability, he's going to be forced to go elsewhere, and he goes. He'll go with my best wishes, but I just hope he can leave us having helped us stay in the Premier League because we desperately need to do so. Because I worry about the future of the club if we go down. Christos Pablo brings it back to uh, fruit. Sunes huh? has Sunes has sour grapes. Uh, so That's nice. I think there's a there's a place to leave that there. You are watching the Luke Live Lounge in association with Luke 1977. Um, and make sure you use our discount code if you are visiting the Luke Roper website. Use TVV20 for 20% off almost anything. Um, that only that includes sale items, I think, Dan, right? Yes. Uh, but it doesn't include the Dapper Villain range because uh 30% of proceeds for the Dapper Villain range go to the University of Birmingham Hospitals Trust um so a very very good course and we'll be giving away a part of the Dapper Villain range a little bit later on um Dan on after the Liverpool game we talked about uh, our striking options and the fact that we scored one goal um was it this half of the season uh this second half of the season from, from, a, from a striker from a striker, indeed, yes. And it got on to the, the age-old, is Wesley the striker we need? Um, and, I mean, let's caveat this discussion before we even start it with, this is a big um, it's a big topic of whataboutery, isn't it? You know, um, we don't know what would have happened if, if Wesley would have stayed fit. Um, he didn't stay fit. He ruled out for the rest of the season. Uh, we brought in Samata. Davis has obviously seen some game time. Boy, a baston. Uh, What's this? Just hangs around. Um, I don't know. Here we go. Very flash. Right. So we've got uh, goals per minute ratio here. Neither Dan or I have seen this. Our, our producer <laughs> yeah. Adam's throwing all sorts of stuff at us. Um, so Wesley. This is in all competitions, isn't it? 
Wesley, yeah. What, so Wesley has six goals in all competitions, and per minute ratio, that's one goal every three or three, no, one goal yeah. every three hundred and one minutes. Is that right? I'm going to presume so. Yeah. It confuses me because it's not in order apart from the, oh. the the goals scored. But that's don't slag off Adam. No, I'm not. He won't, do, he won't do it again. I'm just, I'm just trying to work <laughs> it out live what it means. Um, so, so he ranks what second in there in in minutes play uh, goals yeah. per minute. Yeah, in all competitions. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, that doesn't back my stat up, so I don't love it that much. I usually like to be in charge of these things. <laughs> my argument, Dan, I think. I think the easiest thing is if I if I say my piece and then you say your piece after we've we put a poll up on Twitter um, and so we'll see what everybody else thinks in a minute. My opinion on Twitter is there is a lot of revisionist history. Sure, he scored six goals in all competitions, but we can't talk about um, the, all the chances that he's missed. Um, the only stat that I've got because this is quite a difficult one to measure is. That according to the Premier League, he's missed five big chances. Now, to me, I'm not again, I don't really know what constitutes a big chance, but I've seen a lot of wasted possession. I've seen a, a huge frame of a man go down way too easily. I want my centre forward to be a bit stronger than that in, in a lot of situations. And to be honest, Dan, by the end of his uh, by the end of the first half of the season, um, just before he got injured, Wesley, I felt like players were avoiding Wesley. I felt like they were looking for other options to, to pass it to. Even when he's kind of there asking for the ball, I felt like the rest of the team didn't trust him. Um, sure, he scored six goals. Sure, we haven't scored that many since. Um, but I just don't think that, that he was the right man for the job. I think the argument that his best, came, best game came... Um, before before he got injured or when he got injured is a weak one because that doesn't necessarily mean that he's just going to carry that on through. Um, and to me, I think people look back and go, oh, I wish we had Wesley for this. I wish we had Heaton for this. Absolutely sure. Wesley, not in the same league. And to me, I don't think would have made a difference. The floor is yours. Well, first off, I'll probably say I've done absolutely zero preparation for this. But what I did enjoy about that, your little speech, that reminded me of like... A head boy giving a speech. In the <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were head boy at school. We didn't were you head boy at school. We didn't have, I didn't have them. I was oh, a PM okay. mentor. I was a PM mentor. Okay. No. okay. You just, that's what it reminded me of. That's what I, I was suddenly thinking about school while you were talking. Um, I think the, the argument you've just said at the end there about obviously we don't know what would go on to happen is fair, but surely if he had his best game before before he got injured we may well have seen like an upward trajectory, surely. He looked good in that game. If you remember that Burnley game, it was by far and away his best game. And before we go into any details or anything, I'm not sitting here for one minute saying he's the best striker in the world or anything like that. But I do think he genuinely would have made a difference because he scored five goals in one in one half of a season. You're going to presume in that last game he was getting better that he's going to score another five, let's say. If he scored five goals and you've said he's rubbish... You're going, to, you're going to think he's going to score five goals again in the second half of the season. And from strikers, we've scored one goal since since he's been out. I mean, it didn't help that El Ghazi was, was playing up front. We were basically playing with no striker for five or six games in January. That didn't help at all. But I just think, even though he wasn't the best, he did occupy a defence very well. And Keenan Davis does that to an extent at times as well. We just don't look like we're, we're going to score a goal at the moment. But I do feel like he freed up other, other players for us a, a little bit. And he... He scored goals in, in crucial games. 
as well. We needed those two goals against Norwich. He got us off to a good start in that Everton game. I just think we might have a few more points with him with him in the team. That that's that's what I think. Couple of couple of comments in here, and I think it's it's just as I'm looking at it, it seems a fairly even split. Guido says Wesley would have got twelve to fifteen goals. Oh, uh, I don't Dom, think that for one second. Dom Dom Phillips says wouldn't have been a hindrance, but wouldn't have added uh, enough to see changes in our league position. Martin Sydenham says I think Wesley is the best of a bad bunch. Danielle Harper hundred percent with Tom on Wesley. Um, uh, Christos Pavlo, who wants to be head boy of fruit, says Wesley is a better Davis. Um, yeah, so it seems it seems fairly mixed to to me. Uh, Adam, I don't know if you can get the results of the poll, which which Dan and I don't know yet. Um, were you team Dan or team Tom? Let's have a quick look here. Do Villa eighty six percent say yes? Oh, it's an indictment. An absolute look at him with his victory sip. Uh, I didn't actually mean to do that. <laughs> so eighty percent of the Villa view viewer vote say eighty six percent say yes, we miss Wesley. Fourteen percent say no. Oh my gosh, do we know how many that was, Adam? Do we know how many people voted? I'm not sure. No. Uh, no. Uh, Ginge Ginge Ryle says, uh, "Team Dan." Uh, Dom Dom Phillips just laughing, laughing at this this stat. I'm I'm shocked by that. I thought I thought you might edge it because I think uh, fan bases generally do look back more fondly at things, uh, but I didn't expect it to be a landslide like that. As I said, I don't think he was performing at his optimum level. I don't think for one minute he was the long term answer to be Villa, Villa's number nine. But I do genuinely think we'd be better off. With if he'd have been side fit, just if just by looking at that last game, he did cause Burnley trouble. And Burnley are a, a physical side; they're they're a side that deal with that kind of play. Usually, they they don't get caused trouble by the type of player that, that Wesley is. But he did really, really get at them that day, and obviously it culminated in him getting a bad tackle from from Ben Mee and, and missing the season. I just think that goal would have given him a massive amount of confidence as well. I think taking that into the, I remember us having a good good run of games in January. I felt like the fixtures weren't too bad. In January, I genuinely think he he would have gone on to score a, a couple of goals. And as I say, maybe not the long term answer, but let's face it, we couldn't have been any worse than we are at the moment with him up top, mate. Al- Alessandro Vigano says the point I should have said and forgot about. Um, of his six goals, one was against Liverpool kids, and two were against Norwich, where they were bottom and depleted by injury. Um, so that's that's half of his goals. I kind of I do think that flatters him. And thank you, Alessandro, for coming to my um, my my. Our aid there a little bit too late, but um, but yeah, it, it is what it is. The, the fans the fans have spoken, um, and uh, it's it's an interesting one. Obviously, like I said before, we'll never know. Um, Holly Jennings says he performed well with little to no service. That would have been interesting to see whether he would have cut as a frustrated figure as Keenan Davis has in recent games. Because I mean, the strikers right now, Dan, are getting absolutely no love. Yeah. Um, anyone's going. Anyone's going to struggle at the, at the moment to score goals. Even if he was up there now, again, I think if he was playing in this team since Project Restart, I genuinely don't think he he would he would have scored a goal. But over the course of the, of the season, and as I say, those games in January off the back of when he scored against Burnley, I really think he he would have made a difference. Wow, there it is. He can't Brazil, make it. Brazilian international, mate. Yeah, barely. Um, I mean, more Brazilian international than me, though. To be fair, yeah. um, do do you think? If 
if we go up, uh, no, if we stay up, who who is our who is our strike force? And if we go down, who do you think our strike force will be? Do you think, or or maybe just the kind of those that will stay in either scenario? I dread to think either way. In all honesty, genuinely, I've lost all trust in in Villa, Villa and transfers. Really, we had a real chance this this summer. If you think about how you were feeling as a Villa fan this summer. Remember when we did the live event, Dolan was saying 17th, great. I don't think me and you were, were thinking like that. We thought there was a real feel-good that would carry over from, from the championship season. And we felt good about what was happening. Everyone was, was saying the right things. Mm. Signings were coming in. And whatever ability a sign is, when you're spending a bit of money, you do get a bit giddy as a fan because it's exciting when players are coming in. And we did need to buy players, but we just didn't buy well enough. We didn't buy enough in the, the important areas. And we've completely come, come a cropper and... Now I, I worry about what we'll, what we'll do in the summer. I worry about what will happen to the club if we go down. Going down is an absolute disaster, an absolute disaster. We'll make money from McGinn, uh, Mings and Grealish, fair enough. But would you trust us in, in the current way to, to, go and, to go and spend any money effectively? Because I, I wouldn't. Villa have wasted money for, for a decade now, pretty much. We must have lost so much money and overspent on so many players and wages and things. And that's, that's under three different owners. That, and yet we still don't ever get it right. And it's just, there seems to be something with Villa. Even these owners come across as the best owners in the world. And I think they're prob- probably up there. I think they'll feel really let down by what's happened. But do, do you know what I mean? We just waste money time after time. And we get into this same ridiculous cycle of players sitting on big contracts, players we can't make any money on. And that was the big thing Perslow was talking about, buying young and making money on signings, we ain't making any money from what we did in the summer. We're making losses, and that, that for me is unforgivable. Yeah, totally. Rich Griffith says, uh, uh, Wes will stay, Samata will go if we go down. Do you think Samata will go? He's he obviously only arrived in, in January. He hasn't had that much time to, to settle in and, and bed in. I wonder if those two could be a decent partnership, certainly in the Championship. Uh, who knows in the Premier League? But we're talking like the Championship's easy, and we, we know for fact it. It's not. We've had some real dark games in the championship over the years. When we went down last time, we lost to some real poor poor sides. We finished, what was it, 13th or 14th in the championship. I don't think that side goes down, loses its best players and is necessarily built for the championship. I don't think it would get in the top six in the championship if you take away the players that would leave. I think we'd be in massive trouble again and we'd probably not really be any better off than when we went down last time. And that, that's shocking, really, to think that we'll find ourselves in in that situation. Norwich are going to go down. They spent £6 million in the summer. If we go down, we spent £140 million. Now, you'll say that's not a lot of money to spend on 12, 13 players, however many we bought in the summer, but the facts are it's a lot of money and it's a waste of money. And I just, I can't believe we find ourselves in this scenario again. Yeah, it's not the total that shocks me. It's the it's the fact, like I think you mentioned earlier, that we've seen no no kind of improvement on that investment. You know, the, the, a lot of those players will, will will drift off and go somewhere else and, and we just haven't seen any benefit from that. So that, to me, is the frustrating thing. Um, how do you think, let's say let's say Smith stays and we go down, Suso goes, do you think we continue to bring in a new sporting director, that's the new plan, or you think Smith kind of takes a bit more control of that situation? How, how do you see that playing out? I couldn't tell you. I, I really don't know. History will tell you that you you try something different when some, something hasn't worked. Do you remember when England used to 
appoint a foreign manager and then an English manager and you used to just cycle between the two. History will tell you that yeah. you you do something different when something doesn't work, but I'm just fed up of all these these failed things. In the Villa engine with Steve, Steve Brown, it was essentially a, a blank document. Do you know what I mean? We just we just get it wrong time after time and I'm just I'm just, I'm sick of it to be honest. And yeah, we're losing games at the moment. It's not great, but I think the biggest thing that's disappointed me is that the fact that whatever we do we don't ever seem to make good decisions on the on the footballing side of it, and it, it's bad. Mm. Yeah, I don't I, know what comes. I don't know what comes next. As I say, if we go down, I think there's many many reasons to be very very worried as a Villa fan. Yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah. I always always look forward to these little chats, and they always put me in in a in a great position. Let's uh, let's have a little look then ahead to to Thursday night and the and the United game. Manchester United in a nice bit of form now. Um, Fernandez playing great. Um, you know, I saw a stat that Martial scored in every calendar month or something ridiculous. Um, do we? Do, where's the hope for Villa? You know, we've talked on this podcast a lot about we never beat Manchester United. Is is the fact that there's no crowds um, any advantage to Villa, or is it just the fact that we are still playing so averagely that that? We don't have a chance here. Yeah. No, we can't beat Manu at the best of times at Villa Park. The last time we beat Manu was my second season as a season ticket holder. Mm. I remember it. Like I remember thinking it was mad that we that we beat Manu, and if we beat them now, I think it was even madder than that because it's it's been so so long now. We we can't beat them at the best of times. They're on fire. People doubted Solskjaer. I probably had a bit of a laugh at Manu as well, but you can't deny now that they look very very good, and if they get the summer right again. I think they'll, they'll start to challenge. They've got a young and exciting team. They've got a good mix. And that's what we got wrong. We, we didn't get the mix right in, in the summer. Fernandez is incredible. He's been such a good signing. I, I like the way he plays the game. I like his attitude as well. He's got he's got high standards. He's not afraid to tell people off either. He's, he's, he's a real leader. I've really enjoyed watching him. Pogba, for all the criticism he gets, I think he's an incredible footballer. He's one of, one of my favourite players, I think, on his day. He's absolutely unbelievable. His passing range is frightening. People talk about De Bruyne's passing range. Pogba isn't far off at all. He, he's that good for me. There's no, there isn't any reasons for optimism. There's only reasons to worry because we, I can see us keeping them at bay for a while like we did against Liverpool. But in the end, the, the class will show. And, and we just probably won't look like we're going to score a goal. And you'll lose games like that. that that's what happened against Liverpool. And I, I just see it unfolding in a similar way against Man U on Thursday. Green Ronin says, and the Doom merchants are out again. Look when we went down and last time everyone said we'd be down for decades and look what happened. I mean, I, I guess that was a comment to the previous conversation, but I, I felt like it was a comment about Manchester United as well. Um, just just for an update, I missed the goal at some point. It's 3-2 now oh. to Watford. Um, Benteke scored for uh, for Palace. Uh, Tammy scored for Palace, uh, for Chelsea. It's all happening um, yeah. I'm trying trying to keep a, keep my head above water by reading the comments and working out what's going on. But yeah, three two to uh, to to Watford uh, as well. So it's it's all kicking off. Um, yeah. It, so I've got one glimmer of hope for Man U, the Man U game. Oh, good. I think Holly put, Jennings needs it. I put Fernandez as my fantasy football captain, so that's oh. bound to absolutely destroy <laughs> any ability that he has. Triple captain him. Do everything you can. It's too late now, but having him as captain will, will oh, be yeah. enough. Should be enough. He is usually. Fair enough. Oh, Watford's two one apparently. I'm losing. I'm losing control. I it's need like, more information. PSK. I'll have, I'll have a look, Tom. 
I'm, I'm literally relying on you guys in the comments to let me know. I it's 2-1 two, think... to Watford still. Yeah, somebody just said 3-2, so I assumed that that was, uh, that was information. That I, that, you know, the Chelsea Palace game doesn't actually mean anything to us, so don't good comment to on see, that. Uh, it's good to see Benteke coming into some form just as he's about to play Villa. That's nice. <laughs> that's, that's ideal, isn't it? It's always great to see. Um, what do we need to do then from a, from a Villa point of view to, to get the better of Manchester United? I know you said that there's nothing we can do, but uh, what Dean Smith waves his magic wand and apart from everything completely changing, what else do we need to do? Other than go back in time, I'm completely devoid of an answer, Tom. Yeah. Honestly, I can't. I just can't see what you can change that's going to make that game a winnable game or a game that Villa are capable of winning. You've just got to hope that Manu have an absolute stinker. But Liverpool were pr- pretty off it, weren't they? As well as I think we did for that first hour or so, Liverpool were off it and we we couldn't take advantage. And they're they're pretty much they're done, aren't they? they they've won the league. Manu are playing for something. They, for them not to be in the Champions League is always unthinkable. I know it's happened a couple of times over the last few years, but you know what I mean? For them not to be in the Champions League is is unthinkable. They need they need to win. They they want to get the top the top four as an absolute bare minimum as, as a football club. So with them having something to play for and us being way off the pace since the restart and struggling for options, I I just can't see anything, Tom. Yeah. I wish I could. I wish I could. KJ says we need to score, Tom. And oh, believe me, I, I understand that. How? Do, but how? How do we score? Because at the moment, we're not even creating chances. You know, we asked for two up top. We kind of saw it, but not really. Um, like, short of going Samata and Davis and setting up with a flat back four, a flat um, midfield four, I just don't see how, how that works. And against the quality of a team like Manchester United playing in that way, I think we get ripped apart. The trouble is, if Villa go and play expansive, they'll get killed on the counter-attack. The pace in the Man U side and the directness is frightening. So they can't do that, which means they're going to have to, going to, have to sit back in a similar vein to what they've done in all the other games. But when we do that, we don't ever look like we're going to score. So I literally don't see what we, what we can do. It's the first time I've ever spoke about a game, I think, and I just thought, impossible. I, I don't know what to say. Stephen Adams says, what is scoring? And uh, well, Divin- There is that as well. Devinder Singh Rana says, just pray for an own goal. That's, uh, that's as good as it gets. Danielle Harper, uh, if El Ghazi turns up, we can score. I used to believe that. I, I don't know if I believe it anymore. We, we drew 2-2 with him, didn't we? El Ghazi had a good game. before. Was, was having a good game until he went up injured Old Trafford. But it was a completely different time. We, we just won a game against Newcastle the, the week before. There wasn't all this doom and gloom around the club. You felt like... Okay, we might be in a bit of a relegation battle, but we've got enough to get out of it. And at that time, you felt that we went to Manu and, and played well. Albeit, yeah, again, we didn't win, but we got we got a two-two draw there. We came from behind to get to get a two-two in the end, which was great. But the circumstances of the two sides now is just completely different. It's worlds away from how we were feel, feeling at that point, and it's worlds away from how Manu fans would have been feeling at that point as well, because the, they weren't on this kind of form at that time. In I think it was December the first, actually, in in December. So. It's just, even if players do turn up, I just don't think we've got enough ability to win the game. A uh, few people saying give give Louis Barry a chance. Is that is is now the time? No, I think he's, there's a, there's a chance of him perhaps being on the bench before the end of the season. But you're not going to just throw him in again against Manu. It's not going to happen. 
I mean, he isn't, isn't going to make things any worse in in some ways, but it's just not what not what any manager would do. I'm not singling Dean Smith out here. I don't think any manager would put someone in like that at, the, at this time of the season. I've been really distracted by my wife crawling along the floor. <laughs> <laughs> she really distracted him. <laughs> um, smug. Where is it? Smog saying, why are people calling for Barry to play? It wouldn't be fair on the lad. And he's still got a long way to go in his development. So there is a there is a case for, you know, not wanting to burn it, not necessarily burn him out, but putting him into a side where nothing's happening. I, I don't know. I'm a bit lost. I'm a bit lost, to be honest, because we talked about this with Vasilev as well. You know, you, you're not going to just throw him on and start him next game because because he's not ready for that. And at the same time, the same things that we're doing every week don't work either. I'm a bit lost here. Vasilev, someone you... I mean, this is going to sound like a completely unusual scenario and people might not know what I'm talking about. Vasilev's the kind of person you chuck on at the end of the game when you're winning. Right. If you win it, even if you're one goal up, just because you'll run and run and run, when you're basically not going to have the ball and you're going to defend and you're trying to protect something, that's when you throw someone like Vasilev on because he's got incredible work, right? Mm. You just... I just we're not good enough as a team at the moment to throw a, ki- a kid in. Whoever we play up front at the moment, it feels a little bit like they they aren't going to score because they aren't going to get any service. So it's, it's really difficult. We, I mean, I feel like we talk about Box Park at Wembley every every show we ever do. We, we never need an excuse to talk about it. But I saw Louis Barra in in Box Park at Wembley, and he's a, he looks young. He's he's a kid, isn't he? Yeah, he is a kid. Yeah, it's such a massive ask to throw him in against inter, international footballers. I felt like he had three. Like it must have been his dad or his brothers or something around him. Yeah, they're all like, Villa fans, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but it was like he was being kind of bodyguarded around. Um, but yeah, uh, you, you're right. He is. I mean, he's not. He's he he is a he is a kid ultimately. Um, and it's it's very difficult. Martin is Sydenham is asking the real important questions here. Why is Dan's wife crawling on the floor? <laughs> I mean, is there going to be any context to that? She's been working in the garden. She had her feet were wet, and right. also she. Uh... I didn't want to be on camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, right, Dan, it's coming to the end of the show now. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Do you want to give a score prediction for Manchester United before we before we uh, do our competitions? Not really, no. Okay, because it's <laughs> going to be that positive. I just, do you want to give one? Uh, I, honestly, I think we're going to lose 2-0. Yeah, that's probably a fair, a fair prediction. As I say, I think it'll be similar to the Liverpool game. And then, absolutely, there's four absolutely massive games where you feel like, I feel like, therefore, that we that we could win on paper. But football's not played on paper. As Andy Gray but once you, said. But, but do you know what I mean? Like, they're four games you look at and think, right, there's a chance of something there. I just don't think there's a... I think Man U are the best team at the moment and we're one of the worst. It's just, I can't see it happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're the the teams that we've got left, and like you say, you look at Palace, Everton, Arsenal. Uh, I lost the last one at my my uh, what's it was covered. Um, West Ham, West Ham, of course. The last last game of the season. I'm gonna miss that one. Um, and like you say, you look at them and you go, oh yeah, there's there's every chance we get a result, but we have to play better. Um, yeah. Ultimately, that's that's the bottom line. If we set up in the defense with the defensive way that, that we have done against Crystal Palace, there'll be some problems, and I think people will absolutely lose it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, Norwich have just missed an absolute sitter, so that's good. All right, well, let's try and cheer somebody up um, before before we leave. Every week on the Luke Live Lounge, we're giving away um, a part of the Dapper Villain range. Um, you can you can check out the Dapper Villain range on Luke Seventy Seven. I think it might be. 
Why would you ask me that kind of question? Fashion question, silly. silly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're giving away a part of the range every single week. Uh, last week, we gave away the Cropley, um, and a nice little jumper. And we drew a winner earlier. Matthew Reynolds uh, won the Cropley. So, Matthew, um, Dan's going to get in touch with you. If he doesn't, get in touch with him um, because, you know, he won't. <laughs> and, if, and if that doesn't work, get in touch with Tom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So make sure you give us the the color and the um, and the size you want as well, um, and obviously the address that we can we can send it to. So congratulations, Matthew Reynolds. This week uh, we are giving away the nickel, and I think you should be able to see it on your screen any moment now. There it is. Um, uh, so this is uh, another part of the Dapper Villain range. Goes up to two XL in size. Um, if you want to win this lovely bit of Luke 1977 merchandise, make sure you enter on Twitter. Um, we're going to put a tweet after this, uh, straight after this. Um, so all you need to do is follow us, follow Luke 1977, and make sure you retweet the tweet as well. So um, to be in with a chance of winning that, that's all you need to do. Remember the Dapper Villain range on Luke 1977. All, uh, no, 30% of proceeds go to the Birmingham University Hospitals Trust. Um, so supporting a really good cause. And if you are on the Luke 1977 website, use TVV20 for 20% off everything apart from that range. So you can buy a little bit of that range, do some good for, for the Hospitals Trust, buy some other gear, use our code, do some good for us. Sounds about fair, yeah. doesn't it? It's a good deal. It's a good deal all around. Everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. Something we're not familiar with, Ben Villa fans. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it there. We'll be back on Thursday night after the Manchester United game. Please, God, talking about at least a point. Um, Craig Ashington says, stay positive, guys. Uh, listen, we've all got to stay positive as best we can. Um, stay, the term stay positive makes me laugh. It's as if we've, we've been positive. So let's, sta let's stay there. We need, to find, we, need, we need to find some positivity. That's what we that, need to do. That is true. I mean, if you can't get it from Villa, make sure you do something nice for your neighbours or somebody on the street, whatever. Be, be a good person. But um, that, that's all I can think of for staying positive, to be honest with you. Um, all right, let's, let's hang it up there. Thank you so much for, for commenting um, and, and for getting involved in tonight's chat. We really appreciate it. We love getting you guys on. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. We're, we're very close to the next milestone, so it'd be great if you, can, if you can subscribe. And even if you have already subscribed, make a new account and subscribe on that one as well because we need all the, all the love we can get. Is that right? Yeah, I will say tonight, I've actually... I've had a bit of a laugh, so I feel like I've enjoyed myself a little bit. If that if that makes sense, it was because you punished me in the uh, in the Wesley vote. I didn't. It wasn't me. My argument was poor. It's the eighty four percent killed you, not me. Eighty six percent, mate. Don't do yeah, yourself a disservice. Uh, apologies. So that's it. We'll be back for the post match pint on uh, on Thursday night. It's gonna be a late one here, but uh, hopefully we're talking about something good. And then next week we'll be back for the Luke Live Lounge again, same time same place make sure you join us sports social podcast network